You're listening to the world famous White Roof Radio with cast number 602 for recorded Wednesday, August 3rd, 2016. Brought to you by CravenSpeed.com, MotoringStripes.com, and OutMotoring.com. Mini performance, speed, and style. It's OutMotoring.com. Hey everybody, it's Stevie in Arizona bringing you a brand new episode of the world famous White Roof Radio. Uh, birthday celebration month continues. It's party all the time over here at White Roof Radio HQ. Uh, joining us this week, of course, my good friend Todd Pearson from MotoringStripes.com. Todd, say hi. Now I've got Eddie Murphy going through my head. <laughs> Thanks. Nothing wrong, nothing wrong with that. Because <laughs> my girl, she likes to party all the time. That's right. <laughs> and of course, you heard the good Reverend uh, Chad Miller from Detroit Tune, DetroitTune.com. Chad, hi. How's everybody doing tonight? Woot woot. And then uh, we don't get Alex tonight. He's, uh, I don't know. He's he's hosting his parents from France. Oh, that's right. He's hosting his folks, which is super nice. But we might be joined by Mr. Bridger from MotoringFile.com here in a little while. So we'll find out. We might, we might not. He was about 75, 25. We'll see. Anyway, um, quick thanks to everybody who actually stopped by White Roof Radio or my page or Todd's page and said happy birthday or sent email. Robert Gold in Canada, he's still alive, actually wished us happy birthday as well. It was really super cool, you guys. Thanks so much. Yes. Can't believe we've been doing it so long. Can't believe I'm still, we're all still speaking to each other, really. <laughs> <laughs> I like you guys a lot. <laughs> Yeah, but Chad, Chad hasn't done a, a, an entire length of many takes of states with Todd yet, so that, that, that's really, it's amazing that we're still talking to each other. <laughs> or that we're still just basically alive in general, so. Yeah, I was going to say more like alive. <laughs> the, the helicopter didn't crash, yes. or uh, nobody drank themselves under the table, or you know, ran out of gas somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Speaking of drinking themselves under the table, I got, you know, we get those, you know, you get the Facebook Hey, remember the Facebook memory things? Yeah. And yep. it popped up this week, and I posted it on our Slack. It popped up this week from many eight takes years. 2008. Yeah, eight years ago. When uh, I'm just like going, wow, how did I manage to post on Facebook that night? Oh, my gosh. That was the night. Uh, Lucille's and Universal City Walk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the night I, I uh, met uh, Dave Eigenberg, um, yeah. the actor who's now on the hit NBC series uh, Chicago Fire. Yep. And nice. he did a bumper nice. for us. I think I should throw that bumper in right now. Hey, this is Dave Eigenberg, and you're listening to White Roof Radio. You know what else? That was the night that Vinny and Rich were we were basically double-fisting 25-ounce beers. They just would bring pitchers. They just stopped ordering glasses and just handed us a pitcher. That <laughs> <laughs> was straw. We drank Lucille's out of Stella Artois that night. We bowled all night. It was an amazing night. We had a great time. Yeah. I'm, I'm really amazed that I managed to post on Facebook that day. Back, back when, back when, yeah, things were really fun. <laughs> wow, I'm not saying Mini Takes the States this year wasn't fun. It was, yeah, really, but everybody's we have really getting, good black roof radio from that night too. Yeah, we do. It was a different fun. Everybody's getting older and a little smarter, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Um, I don't know what I. I don't exactly. I can't explain it. You know, you you can only party like it's 1999 for a few years, and then you're like, you know what? I need to slow down. Yeah, nope. maybe maybe that's it. I I still haven't figured it out. Yeah, you just gotta slow down a little bit. Because anyway, all I for- need is encouragement. Now, I tell you the truth. You guys have seen me in Vegas. All I need is just a little bit of encouragement. So, hot, well, hot. I'll tell you, the dragon's the same way though. Like, there's a couple years. It's like, wow, I am just going to totally party it up this year. And then, like, after a couple years of that, you're like, you know what? My goal this year is not puking. I'm just let's gonna, make right. let's make this goal right. happen. I'm just, I'm just gonna get some sleep and not throw up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
after hanging out with Todd and you've never hung out with Todd before, he caves to peer pressure easily. Oh, absolutely. All you got to do is hand me a drink. You just got to hand him a drink. You don't even have to, like, twist his arm or nothing. You probably don't even have to buy it. You just have to hand me my drink. <laughs> you, you were fun in high school, weren't you? Um, yeah, I think. Here, Todd, jump off this bridge. Okay. <laughs> no, it wasn't like that at all. <laughs> anyway, we are we are 11 years. We are one of the longest-running podcasts. For those of you who are wondering, there are very few podcasts that have been around as long as we have been. We started podcasting pretty much when podcasting started. We were, what, four months uh, four months out right behind who did it first? Um, Twit. What's his name? And then Leo started his, and we're just a couple months behind Leo. So <clears throat> we've yeah, been, we're, we're still doing shows, too, though. Are those guys still doing yes, shows? Yes. Yeah. Leo's still doing shows and making gazillion dollars and just upgraded his studio to a newer, more awesome studio. In Petaluma. Uh, and we're still here just plugging along, making our Mini Cooper show. So, but yes. anyway, we're building our network out just like a little bit longer. <laughs> Our empire it just takes longer. <laughs> it just takes longer. <laughs> Speaking of our empire, if you guys are looking for something new to listen to and you uh, fancy talk about bicycles, go over to Ride Bikes Radio. Me and Brian Dallas, we're talking about bicycles once a week over there. It's a lot of fun. Go check it out, ridebikesradio.com, if you would mind. It'd be awesome. Um, Brian gave us a pretty good, nice uh, shout-out in the uh, the 11th birthday uh, post. He sure did. Brian's an awfully sweet guy. We like Brian. Yes. Um, so anyway, thanks for the happy birthday wishes. Keep them coming. Birthday month all month long. So, hey, why stop now? Um, another thing I want to say thanks is all the the comments and the feedback and the Facebook messages and the emails and everything else you guys have been sending in. Super duper awesome. We really appreciate that as well. It means you guys are listening. That's awesome. We also curtail the show based on your feedback. Uh, I- yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhat. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, except if we listen to listeners, it'd be we all of every show would be like six hours long. Yes, and we just can't do that. Anyway, yeah, it's it's already like you know uh, almost uh, quarter to eleven here right now, so like we don't need six hour long shows. No, but, we don't need uh, six long shows. Um, I remember that, that original feedback: longer shows, longer shows, and we was okay. We'll go for an hour. Um, anyway, thanks guys for all the feedback, for the comments, for. Uh, the, the like I said, the Facebook messages and the emails concerning the the recent uh, shows that we've had talking about mini sales and you know what's going wrong with mini sales, what should be done to correct mini sales. All of your feedbacks, really, really awesome. Um, we really appreciate you letting us know wh- how you feel. Yes, um, keep the comments so, coming. Yeah, keep them coming. Uh, we are going to talk about news from motoringfiles.com tonight. Todd's got a couple extra things he wants to talk about about his JCW. Take a drink. That's going to be the new drinking show, the new drinking game. Is every time Todd says, "It's the oh, freaking my- car I drive, guys." You know what? It's just the, <laughs> it's the car I drive. What can I say? <laughs> just give me a hard time, brother. I know. Uh, we're going to get to all that and a whole bunch more probably here in a bit. Uh, before we do, let's get started with the first sponsor here underneath the white roof. Our friends over at Outmotoring, Outmotoring.com, and they're asking. If you got the email, you already know this. They're asking if your mini is talking to you. He's got over there the Scan Gauge 2, which is a really cool device. It like reads your car, tells you your gas mileage, uh, how fast you're going, your speed, your RPMs, a bunch of other stuff. Not only that, but he's also got a P3 code reader. Um, he's got R53 crank pulleys. He's got the BSH oil catch can. Not only that, but he has... Like they're, I told you last week, they're adding 3,000 new items every month to inventory. Like new items that you can actually order. 
3,000. I mean, all the OEM, all the fiddly bits, the OEM stuff, the stuff you normally have to go to the dealer parts us to get, yeah, you don't have to do that anymore. You just click over to Outmotoring, outmotoring.com. They'll take care of you. Um, another reason to take care of Outmotoring, to go over to outmotoring.com, he's one of the original sponsors here underneath the white roof between us and, white, and Motoring File. Uh, Aaron's been sponsoring us for damn near 16 years. That's pretty strong. You should give him your business. We really appreciate that. So does he. Um, and again, also, when you get over to outmotoring.com, if you haven't already signed up for the email newsletter, go and take a minute. Do that now. You'll be prompted when you hit the page. The very bottom, enter your email address. What happens is you get you find out all the cool new stuff at Outmotoring, which is pretty rad. And then you also get your own 5% discount code automatically. It comes in the email. So every time you place an order, you save 5% on your order. Super duper rad. And don't forget that free ground shipping on most orders over $195. All awesome stuff. All available over at our friends over at Outmotoring. Outmotoring.com. Mini performance, speed, and let's just go with the BAS, the BSH oil catch can. That's uh, Outmotoring.com. Yes. We've talked about oil catch cans before. And if, yeah. you have, if you have an R53, you should have one. Or an R56. Or an R56, you should have one. The turbo just sold just sold his. He did. He'd been parting off all the good stuff off the mini that he that he traded in for a put a pickup truck or something. He did. He's driving a Tacoma now. He's driving a Tacoma. I know he texted me last week and he's like, "Yeah, but that makes sense. He lives in Colorado." He does. He's like, "You want to come out and rep a Tacoma?" And I'm like, "Dude, you can't <laughs> afford me." <laughs> <laughs> I don't work for coffee. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Three beans for life. So anyway, yeah. And, Hey, speak, yeah, speaking of tuning, I'm going to talk about this now before I forget, because I'm going to forget. Oh, yeah, um, do that now, and then we'll do news. Yeah, I think I may have mentioned last week. No, I probably didn't. I held it held it back. I, it I got a Dynan uh, tune. It's a, uh, um, it's a it's an engine tune for my new JCW, which basically it's brand new. This just came out uh, July 8th of this year, so it's been out just about a month. It arrived while I was on Mini Takes the States. It was here waiting for me when I got back. And basically, it is a plug-and-play. You uh, uh, basically plug it in line in between, like, the... Uh, uh, goes in the ODB port? No, no, it goes in the engine. You have to pull the... Uh, the it's probably going to be a mass airflow sensor yeah, and yep. ECU it, and a couple the, other little things like that. It's actually the pressure sensor, I believe, um, uh, the MAP sensor. And But what it does is it doesn't change the pressure, it changes the boost. It just it just gives you more boost, and there's five settings on this thing, all the way from um, uh, valet mode to normal, and then there's three stages, and it's plus uh, two, three, or four psi, okay, and the highest one is race mode, which is plus four psi on it, and what they say is it goes on the B48 engine, which is in the JCW. It's up to 30 additional horsepower and extra 40 foot-pounds of torque. Okay. So what we've been seeing here, this is theoretical I'm talking about right now, is people have been dynoing the stock JCW at around 240 horsepower. Okay. Um, which is, you know, as conservative as, as BMW and Mini usually is, it makes sense. This car is rated at 228, and it's putting out like 240, 241. Well, let's say you're going to add an additional 30 horsepower to this. You're up to around 265, 270 horsepower, theoretically. And the peak torque on this thing is just off the charts. So I installed this last week. And my whole story is that the iOS app that controls it is not yet available. It's so brand new 
So my iPhone, I can't control it. Mm-hmm. So, so what do I do? But they do have an Android app available. So I'm like, I got to find somebody with an Android phone to use. And nobody I know, literally, I know no one with an <laughs> Android phone. So, so what do I do? I fire up Amazon and I buy myself a $45 Fire tablet, right? Oh, yeah, there you go. So I'm like, this will work. I've always wanted to mess with this. And my lady friend wants to use the Amazon Prime. Uh, uh, what are, you can download books and mm-hmm. read them on the Kindle app, but you can't do that on, on iOS devices easily. So I'm right. like, I'll get this. I'll spend the $45, bucks. Get the, I think I spent the extra and got the 16 gig. So it came today. And then, of course, Amazon doesn't allow you to use the Google Play Store out of the box. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> the first thing I had to do was hack the thing right. to, to add the Google Play Store. And I realized five minutes into owning this, this $50 device why the entire world uses iPads. <laughs> I'm, uh-huh. just, I'm just saying right now. I know exactly why. Uh, it's, it's not a bad piece of, of we're, we're not here to bash Android. Right, we're right. talking about your car so keep going so, so I get this I, I, I get everything installed and I download it doesn't take that long download the app for it I go out to my car hook it up via Bluetooth and put myself into race mode okay because mm-hmm. by default you plug it in and it's in the sport plus mode which is the next to the highest uh, uh, rating okay it's plus 3 PSI and I thought it was it was good in that I drove it for a week in sport plus mode which is plus 3 PSI and it really smoothed out the shift in my manual transmission from first to second and second to third. There was always this little bit of a glitch for me in the car since it was brand new. Um, and it was a little, like you got used to it and you got, you know, you kind of got used to how that worked and, and how you, you drive should. around it. Right, exactly. So I noticed, man, this really smoothed things out here. So that's what I appreciated the most. Today, I put it into race mode which is plus four psi which is technically and i'm using air quotes here for the track only mm-hmm. not approved for use in california literally i'm not joking that is yeah. not not approved for if it's in that mode yeah it's not 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 approved for use in california and uh took it for a little test drive and i have to say in third gear when the boost kicks in um my car felt like it was gonna it needed wings and it was just gonna take right off the ground wow awesome it was it reminded me of the days when i first got a pulley which adds 18 to 20 horsepower, give or take, to right. the, the old car, which is noticeable. That was more than a 10% boost, and I'm talking more than that here, and this was noticeable. I cannot recommend this thing enough. Chad, I think you need to become a dealer for it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a pretty pretty easy install, uh, I, and it's Dynan, and right. it's, a, it's a company, it's a, it's a name you can kind of trust. It's the same thing other companies are doing. Everybody from NM Engineering to Burger Tuning to Lowen in England has a, a product that does this also that basically just changes the boost levels. And they all do it to about the same kind of uh, horsepower and torque gains. And this is the cheapest one. It, the retail price of this is $299. Wow. That's not bad. Yeah. Not- it's bang for the buck on this. Um, it does not... Here's the here's the disclaimer. Those of you who know BMWs and Dynan for years, Dynan always stood behind their products with the full BMW warranty. You wouldn't void your warranty or anything like that. Well, this isn't going to void your mini warranty because it doesn't change the ECU or anything, but it only comes with a one-year warranty, which is a manufacturer warranty on the product itself. Mm-hmm. So it's always that, well, you can boost your car, but we're not going to claim, you know, right, right. Gonna, you know uh, uh, stand behind like a factory warranty or anything like that. 
But you can plug this thing in. It takes about 10, no more than 10 or 15 minutes to do the job. You do need, you know, a, a wrench and, and a couple of things because you have to take the intake, uh, uh, you know, plastic off your car to get to the plugs. But it's not a difficult install. But I do recommend, you know, if you're even nervous about it, go to somebody like Chad. Right. It won't take too long. And I highly recommend it. Here's the really, really great thing. You know, last week what we said, our theme of the show was how does many fix things is to have a JCW Cooper. This part works on the B38 Cooper engine. No way. It does. And on that engine, it adds up to 20 horsepower and 40 foot-pounds of torque because it's turbocharged, so it can control the boost. Okay? That's what it's doing the exact same thing, controlling the boost. Right. So I think for bang for your buck, if you wanted to tune a, a, a Cooper, a three-cylinder Cooper, get that Dynan tune. This is just amazing, an amazing you know kind of thing. Mm, that's very interesting. So yes, it works on all the new mini engines, the uh, three-cylinder, four-cylinder, the Cooper S, and the JCW. So <laughs> nice, nice, cool. And it's hard to find. Like you can't like if you go to Dynan and you just search for mini. It's going to show all the stuff for the uh, 2002 to 2006, you know, Cooper S that they had, the, the engine tunes and everything. It doesn't show up. You have to know what you're searching for because mm. it is so new. It's just not there yet. Nobody has information. But uh, it is available. It is accessible. I have it on my car, and I freaking love it. I want to hear from somebody who has an F56 Cooper that is going to put this on their car. Yeah. I want you to leave us a note in the show notes. I want you to email us feedback com. I want to hear how kick ass this is on your Cooper. Yeah, I think for three hundred bucks it's a pretty low risk, low investment for a mod for your car anyway. Yeah. And you'll enjoy it. Especially if you have an Android device. Like I said, the iOS version of the app that controls it is coming. And it basically lets you choose which tune you're gonna use, but it also gives you a boost gauge, a real time boost gauge while you're driving and it'll show you how much boost you're putting out so that's kind of fun you know for the the yeah. the gauge geeks but yeah, anyway, yeah yeah but anyway that's yeah. that's uh that's what i'm saying i i can't uh can't right. talk enough good about that excellent thank you very much sir. hey isn't that something that you could could you get that from your local dealer as well do you think yeah you to, to dine and direct i actually got, <laughs> i actually got it from my dealer Oh, well, right. Go. I was going to say, normally it's going to be a dealer item or somebody that deals in dine-in type stuff. Yeah. yeah, you have to buy it from an authorized dine-in dealer. So, And most BMW dealers are. They can get it. But, right. Chad, I think you can become a dine-in dealer and, and start selling these. And I think you can sell the heck out of them for, yeah. for 300 bucks. It's like, who? why would you not do this? Yeah, so, that'd be easy enough to do. Yep. And I'll keep everybody updated. But, man, talk about... It's fun to have that little bit of extra horsepower, and it's smoother. And hey. now it's just kind of like, whoa, okay, I better be careful. What it does to your fuel economy. Yeah, I'll, I'll be interested because I can check that. I know when it went on, and I can check my automatic uh, scores. And, and by the way, did I tell everybody my fuel economy for 4,600 miles on mm. Mini Texas States and my JCW was 31 MPG? Nice. That was average over the entire trip. That's impressive, dude. Yeah. That's not bad. Nice done. Because normally around town, I'm getting 21, 22. Well, yeah, that's because for you, it's a it's a drag race from light to light. So It really is. It, and this car's so much fun. And now I think it's going to be worse. But like you said, DB, <laughs> I'll keep everybody updated, and you guys will have to remind me to check because I can check my automatic, you know, yeah, stats. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Exactly. Very cool. How about some of that beautiful news music, sir? Boom. 
and we've got news. Well, let's just go ahead because that's all we seem to want to talk about. Let's go and start with sales. And here we find that July sales numbers are still down, but only down single digits, 7.9% um, compared to the year prior, which is better than last month where they were down like 1,000% or something. I laugh a little bit because everybody's doing a dance. Hey, we're only down 8%. <laughs> <laughs> but what I That's not a lot when you really think about it, though, 8%. Well, considering the economy right now, and a lot of cars are down, but I, I like what uh, what Matt did over there at Motoring File. Is it did a comparison to a lot of brands that people cross shop or at least are familiar with compared to many. Everything from Scion, which is now it's in its last year, so right. they're just selling the crap out of these cars. So you got to throw that one out. But smart cars, dude. They sold almost 500 smart cars last month in the country, and that, uh, almost a 12% gain over last year. Yep. But when it's so few cars, <laughs> 12% is... Yeah, if you look at like Subaru and Mazda, both of them were up uh, three, roughly two, 3%. Yeah, 2-3% for both Subaru and Mazda. Like Volkswagen. Volkswagen's off the mark by 8% as well. And, and that's to be understood because they're going through the whole diesel gate. Right, and then Fiat. Fiat's... Well, they're tanking it, almost fourteen percent down. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. kind of uh, in the same boat as many, or even a worse boat. There's even more holes in their boat. But, yep. but I think we talked about on the on the last show when Gabe was on here was that I think we're gonna find a new normal for many. There's gonna be like this correction. So think about this: next year when sales numbers come out, they're gonna be comparing them to this year's numbers. So they're yeah. gonna look really good. Right, but, but what we're experiencing here in in 2016 is an overall correction in the whole industry, and that is because right. of a lot of things. I'm not going to blame it on marketing. It's not because marketing. It's because of the car itself. It's because people are buying larger cars, and gas is cheap. So all the things we keep beating home. Well, yeah. here's the one thing that you throw into the mix with this: is that used mini sales are at an all time like they're up as so, much as ever. That makes sense. So let me ask this question. I'm looking at the actual numbers of cars sold. Uh -huh. So last year for July, 2482. Oh, here comes Gabe. Gabe, maybe we should stop this because Gabe's coming in. But go ahead, DB, finish your thought. So I'm wondering how last year in July, bring Gabe in whenever you want. I'm wondering how last year in July they sold 2,500 hardtops. And this year they only sold 813. That's a that's a sixty seven point two percent off. That seems a little horrible. That seems horrible, DB. Just say it. <laughs> it. It does. It seems it seems horrible. It seems like something hinky's going on. It seems like something's not right with the numbers. That's how much of a difference it's making. Like somebody's juggling, moving, doing something hinky that's making the numbers be all messed up. Because well, we are. I'm we've already hard to believe that there's that big of a drop off in sales. In hardtops. In hardtops. Okay. But look at this. Oh, wait. Gabe's going to join us here. Yeah. Hello. Hey, there's, say, there's Mr. We've, Richard. It's perfect. Yeah, your timing is perfect, Gabe. We just started talking about sales, and I'm going to drop the... Uh, drop the uh, um, F-bomb. No, no, I'm not going to drop the F-bomb. I'm saying <laughs> four-door minis, and that includes the Countryman, uh, the four-door, and the Clubman. Those combined for 66% of last month's sales. Not surprising. Not surprising, so is here, it? Here's my question to you. If you look at used, certified used plus uh -huh. new, what's the percentage? Or what's the average sale price? Which many won't tell you, but that's what I want to know. 
It is interesting, Gabe, because uh, CPO cars are uh, not as much as they were. Like they're they're not commanding. No, they're not. They're not commanding. And I would I would venture to say there's a lot of very low mileage CPO cars right now as well. If you know what I mean. And so here's what you're getting with by CPO. We're talking about certified pre-owned. Okay, and they set a record in July last month with almost 1,200 of, of uh, certified pre-owned sold. Now, what you get with that when you go to a mini dealer and buy a certified pre-owned mini, they extend your warranty to six years and 100,000 miles. And I highly recommend this. If you can go find yourself one, because you look at a brand new mini, and here's the thing. If you buy a, a, a 2013 that the warranty is going to be six years, 100,000 miles, or you go buy a brand new 2016 that's on the lot, your warranty is going to be almost a little bit better and longer on the 2013 CPO car or a 2014 CPO car than it is on buying a brand new one. You're getting a better value, and I think that's the point. Gabe mm-hmm. is, Gabe well, and I think it's, and, and obviously, you know, I'm, I've, I'm typically a proponent from a, I mean, personally, I'm typically a proponent of buying, if it's a commodity, you're fighting depreciation. So it's, you're always going to depreciate no matter what. Right. So let the dealer or mini or somebody else take the huge depreciation hit and pick up the car with 3,000 miles or 4,000 miles or whatever it is right. um, you know, on the odometer and, and, and basically reap the reward. I, I totally agree. It's not always the case because there's some scenarios where you just want to order the car and you want it exactly how you want. And there's, if you're looking at cars in general, minis are more like you're more apt to do that with a mini but i think generally speaking that that's always my advice for folks it is and i'll use the example of uh the roadster we bought the 2013 roadster now it was not cpo'd it still had factory warranty left on it but they decided not to cpo this car but it had lost 50 percent of its value um on a car a beautiful gorgeous car with only twenty four thousand miles on it you know, we paid half of what the car was new three years prior. So to your point, Gabe, I think we got a really, really good value. And I would have even been willing to spend another $2,000 to get the same car that was CPO'd, uh, basically. And in fact, before the show, I was talking to the guys that in, in February, when the car comes up for end of the warranty, I will consider spending the few thousand dollars it's going to take to uh, extend the warranty. They always offer that before your warranty ends. Yeah, and I mean for that car, I would I would very much agree. In fact, I, that's something that I have done in the past. I think extending the warranty uh, if you've gotten a good deal makes a ton of sense. And Chad agrees too. <laughs> Critically, yes. Chad agrees. He's seen the yes. other end, yes. other side of this. He's seen the underside of this. <laughs> <laughs> it's. Uh, you know, dollars versus value versus you know what it could cover later on down the road for something that's out of warranty where 90% of the stuff always shows up and you start trying to value what what am I going to replace and if you do one or two of the basic things whether it's a water pump and a thermostat or a timing chain or whatever or a turbo you know if you're doing yeah especially a turbo you know if the dealer's doing this you have paid for that and then some right Right. Already, and you're like, oh, whew, I bit the bullet there, and 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 totally took that, you know, took the high road. It was great, and then uh, you know, somewhere down the road, you know, another year later, something else happens, and then next thing you know, like, wow, that warranty is totally paid for itself now because I didn't have to pay a single thing anymore. I've talked to tons of many owners who have 
who have paid for the extended warranty, and it's you know two, three, four, five thousand dollars depending on the car. It's yeah. a it's a substantial amount of money, but it is almost always paid off for these people, and they're happy, and they're not they're not upset. Many owners when they go, oh, you got a three thousand dollar bill. Well, I'm just going to pay the deductible, which sometimes is as much as a hundred to five hundred dollars. But still, so, you'd rather pay yeah. five hundred dollars than well, five thousand dollars. It's I've got to yeah. say I've I've had a five series BMW, mm-hmm. uh, an E60, E61 uh, back in the day, and I had an extended warranty on that. And I bought it knowing that that car A is a phenomenal car, and B is phenomenal. Expensive to maintain, right? And I, 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 in one year, I remember totaling it up because I, I spent um, just under 3k for an extended warranty. Uh, in one year, I think I spent almost five grand. I would have spent over over five grand in one year. The warranty right. lasted three years, of course, and I spent much, much more than that. Um, but I mean, you know, I'm a BMW guy, I know what's going to happen, I know I don't. Own- a car out of warranty. You, which, don't do, which, you don't do that unless you buy it for right. a song. And I even bought it. I bought it way under value and, and added that on because I felt like, you know, like, you know what? This makes a lot of sense. So I can tell you, Mays don't, don't approach the, you know, the really, really, really worst to the worst, which are, I would say, hands down Range Rovers. <laughs> hands yeah. down. Yeah. You know, one of the things, too, for people to consider when they're they're looking at these aftermarket warranties is a lot of times this warranty is not necessarily mini only. It's right. going to be through an aftermarket company that mini sold you, but right. you could have the work done anywhere. So it's not right. something well, that you have to have so done true. at a dealership. Right. That's really true, and I think I, I'll say this: my the warranties that I've I've always bought aftermarket have have been third party, Chad, and I've always made sure that that third party was honored by BMW. Uh, same thing as many, obviously, and yeah. I do that for a few reasons. I mean, number one, I maintain the relationship with the mini dealer, but I also have the ability to take it to a, an independent mechanic that I trust sometimes more, and yeah. I think that flexibility is really important. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's you move, you have to go somewhere else. Next thing you know, you're in a different town. There's nobody you know there except this really nice, you know, Euro dealer or whatever. You know, so all of those things can change and come and go, but you don't necessarily want to be locked into one place with those type of warranties, which is nice. You know. Well, and it's really important for folks who live in, you know, like let's say Holland, Michigan or something that's outside of like the mini dealer purview. And right. so when yep. you don't have a mini with a mini dealer within like, you know, an hour or two, being able to be out of warranty and suddenly be back into warranty, but actually have it better than before, which is to say I could take it to your point, Chad, to the local Euro place down the street, which I trust, that's actually a huge benefit. Yeah. Yep. It is. Yep. And 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 bringing it back to, you know, the whole sales numbers and how Use sales numbers are up, which speaks to the point we just made, is that there's a, there's a good value there. But I think it also speaks to a question that we have danced around a little bit and, and maybe addressed a few times on this show, is that is it possible that people like the previous generation cars more than the current generation cars? I, I, I don't think that's it. I mean, if, if, you look at, if you look at the kind of cars that are actually being sold right now, the amount of, and I, this is just because I've talked to a few dealers, the amount of um, certified pre-owned F-series are, are higher than the R-series because they have a right. ton of loaners, demos, and just general cars that are lightly used. 
So I, I don't think it's that. I think it's I think it's just that they represent a better value. Yeah, because we don't have the numbers on the pre-owned. We can't tell you, hey, those twelve hundred cars may have been twenty fourteen F fifty sixes. I it's 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 really hard to uh, have the numbers because technically we're in the fourth model year right now of the mm-hmm. F generation cars. We've got fourteens, fifteens, sixteens, and now seventeens on the lots. So, I think it's I think it's yeah, and I think that. It, it, it's unfortunately it's data we don't have, but right. and and my the data I have is just from two dealers in Chicago. But because I asked about that specific question, because I'm obviously very curious about that. Um, but I think a lot of folks, I mean, the unwashed masses, if you will, you know, don't I don't think they see the differences we do. Right. I think that they understand the technology differences and the sort of the standard feature differences. In that case, the F series always wins out. Yeah, it, uh, it it very well might. But like Gabe, right before you came on, DB was pointing out that what's really frightening about this, and I think a couple of commenters pointed out over at Motoring File, was that the hardtop sales are so poor. Yeah. A third of what they were a year ago. A third. Yeah. 800 versus 2,400. Well, so, it, so I, I talked to somebody about this at, at Mini, and I'm not going to name names, but I'll say that I mentioned it in the, my sales piece I did last week, and we, we spoke about it in the last show. Mm-hmm. Um if you look back the last 50 years mm-hmm. and you looked at, at petrol prices, gasoline prices, and how they've swung up, and the correlation between those prices going up and the U.S. consumer buying larger cars, it's it's not even undeniable. It's like a mirror. You right. literally you literally see consumers voting with their wallets in in lockstep with with gasoline prices, and so the the the, the person I spoke with at Mini, who's rather higher up, was saying that. They every every week they see it go up, they fully expect that sales trend to happen, and it has happened. And I think that the the downside for many, the upside is they have three four door models. The downside is their their really core four door model. I may have said three door. They have three four door models. The really core four door model, the Clubman, the one that will sell in the most volume, is really long in the tooth, and it won't be replaced in the U.S. until January. That's the thing that they're kind of nervous about. Right. The country. I'm sorry. The countryman. I'm sorry. Right. Right. Which, yeah, um, I don't know. And and like I said, 66 percent of uh, of mini sales last month were four door cars. So. That's yeah. there's, there's something it, to be said for that. It's and people, pretty wild. Yeah, people can make their own conclusions from it. But speaking of the countryman, which is a really nice segue, um, a, a really nice video of the JCW countryman on the ring. Uh, actually, a couple of different JCW countrymen's showed up this past week. Mm-hmm. Red one and one. I agree. Yeah, and yeah, and if you watch if you watch that video, it's it's actually of, of earlier this year the. The first one in the in the tape is one that was uh, I'm told from this week on the ring. Okay, gotcha. The red one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I it's a good looking car, and and you know what? Surprisingly, it looks a lot like the existing Countryman. It doesn't look like it's changed it's, a tremendous amount. Does. Well, you guys saw the 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 renderings on Monitoring File. Yes. Uh, about a month ago, those are. I've been I've been <laughs> I was asked by by a few folks from many how the hell did you get those <laughs> uh, obviously i'm not gonna yeah i'm not gonna talk about my sources but um nevertheless the the renders you saw on motorfile were a hundred percent real yeah in fact there's even there's even photos on motorfile that are they're a hundred percent real and 
Um, they are, uh, you're right, there's some similarity there, but if you read between the lines, so to speak, the new the countryman is going to be um, a little bit more taut, if you will, a little, little bit more, a few more creases, just a, a little less bulbous, mm-hmm. and uh, a little bit longer, and a little bit wider. And it's tough because what we're looking at in this latest video is a JCW version, which clearly has a JCW front, rear bumper, and side skirts, because on the rear... Did you guys notice on some of those rear shots? There's a diffuser on there. There's like a like I've got on yeah. my. It's like well, it, it's, it's JCW, so that makes sense. No, but it's like the it's got the accessory diffuser that I put on my car. Oh, like it's it's balls out race car diffuser on the back of this thing. So it, it so here's my question to you guys, and and I I wrote a, I wrote it in, in motoring file. Um, we had a couple sources earlier this year tell us that, and it was like sort of unfortunate. They were like, hey, this is super unfortunate, but heads up, uh, the JCW is going to have just the stock JCW engine. I'm sorry, the Countryman JCW. It's not going to have a tuned up version. Yeah. And I think I think a lot of people were really disappointed, myself included. You know, The problem is right now you have a 231 horsepower tune in the F56 JCW, which for that car is fantastic. Todd, you can speak to that. I can, and you missed it in the early in the show, Gabe. I put a Dynan uh, tune on my car that took it up another 30 horsepower and another 40 pounds of torque, and I freaking love it. Well, outside of that, yeah. before that, it, it was still it was still. <laughs> but great. yeah, the standard the standard car, I I love it in the hardtop. But I think you put that engine yeah. even in the larger car, and I've driven the X1 with the same engine in it, so. Try to be comparative right. here about a car that's built on the same platform. The X1 right. has got the same engine as my JCW, putting out the same horsepower, the same 228 uh, BHP, and the same Two, mileage. 231 BHP, 228 that, that, HP. Eight, that's right. 228. And it's, the X1, I, and I'm actually about to take delivery of an X1 here um, just temporarily in a few days and I've driven it before it feels like a totally different engine which is really interesting exactly and to your point I think in a larger car everybody was hoping that they would tweak this a little bit and it appears that they have not so I, I now I, I hope I'm I'm wrong yeah. I hope motoring files wrong on this because uh, I think it's a travesty I'll just go on record and say I think it's a travesty if they don't operate this because here's the reason BMW has a 240 horsepower tune available and they have a 260 horsepower tune that has just been um, that's just debuted on the 7 series hybrid so they have this engine tuned a number of different ways they put a four cylinder motor in the 7 series hybrid oh hybrid along, along with a very powerful electric engine yes yeah. okay got it so, so it's it's, it's got- like 400 horsepower total or something, something insane. I, I don't know if that's my head. Think about the it, I-8, the way they did that. So it's the yeah, same kind okay, of technology. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, sorry, Gabe. Go ahead. So, no, it's, it's a good question. Um, so, yes, that's the, so I, I think for, for, from my perspective, it's, it's 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 a bummer if that's the case because the, the power-to-weight ratio isn't what I would expect. Now, BMW is such a conservative company that, that they may argue, well, from a percentage standpoint, it's increased – uh, from a percentage at the same level as the other JCW vehicles. Uh, but guys, the R60 Countryman JCW was also underpowered. I'll just say it. Yeah. Uh-huh. So why continue the trend of making the JCW Countryman underpowered? It's expensive, you okay. know? And think about these other vehicles. Now, I know many never wins on horsepower. They don't, they say they don't want to, but it doesn't matter. It must be in the. 
I'd at least be in the ballpark. You know, when you can go buy a Subaru Forester, which is, I would argue as a driver's car, a piece of junk. Yeah. I have rented them. They're they're really poor driver's cars. Are they good utility vehicles to, well, you know, drive kids to school in? Yeah, sure, they're fine. But they're pieces of junk. They do not reward. And so when you look at that car, though, it has 250 horsepower for 29 grand versus a JCW Countryman for 44 and it has 231 it, it's it's you know or even like, more, I mean it's a little eye rolling even more comparatively speaking a, a car that's often cross shopped is the GTI look at the GTI that's putting out what 290 horsepower out of the same size well that's changed. that's a little different I mean what GTI is putting out 290 horsepower that's my question yeah um, well on paper isn't that what they rated at 285 or 290 no. no 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 210 210 what's the golf so it's the golf r is what's putting out 300 horsepower Probably. no the golf r the, so the golf r look it up puts out it's up right now uh it puts out 292 horsepower it's all-wheel drive and it starts at 36 basically 36, so, right so it's it's a different type of vehicle and i mean you know the golf r is 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 also it's it's the golf r you know i mean yeah. it's 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 a more dedicated sports car if you will the the countryman is is less i mean well it's less we're dedicated, talking- but I, the problem is mini has to answer to that i think that's you know, the, the, that's the point i was trying to make is to go okay if you're just talking mini's never been about horsepower however when they're touting the car as something that's premium and when the engine's the same size, why are they restricting it so much when they could very easily, as you said, Gabe, they've already tuned this thing up to 260-plus horsepower. Why couldn't they boost it just a little bit? They're not worried about reliability no. and longevity Well, they already anymore. have the tune. You're right. They already have the tune. Right. Here's my problem, Todd. Look at, the, look at the weight of the Golf R. You know, it's like 3,300 pounds. Yeah. The, the new Countryman's going to be all... Almost, it's going to be right around 3,300 pounds. Right. So the, it's not the power I'm worried about. It's the part of weight ratio I'm right. worried about. It's not there. Like they, they it's, it, they're just not going to have, they're just not going to have it. And so the Countryman, what it is going to probably win on is it's going to have more direct steering. The steering rack's going to be quicker and it's probably going to feel more lively. But, you know, when you look at the Golf R, like there's no question, it's, the Golf R is going to be faster. Well, I, so it, how do you compete against that? You know, I think I think that you know the Golf R's. It's a, from a stylistic standpoint, a brand standpoint, it's a very different vehicle. But you know, if you're a numbers person, yeah, it's kind of tough. And and now that the Ford Focus has pulled all of their existing model years, all the two thousand sixteens, the uh, the Focus. What is it? The type of the uh, the the RS. Yeah, the RS. <laughs> They've now bumped all those to seventeens, and that's uh, internally because they say they can't keep up with the demand. Because mm-hmm. that is a car that gets 300 horsepower, you know, 350 horsepower and 300 foot pound of torque. The Focus right. RS, right? People really well, like the tuners. The people who are horsepower hungry are going for that car, and they can't get it. And right, they, and they can't. Get oh it. well, that's I mean, the, the RS is is you know it's a it's a ghost. I mean you you know yeah, and it's for it starts at 40 be, grand also. You're, you're paying a I mean, I've got a friend who's who's, who's maybe buying one of those and you know he's excited because he can get one for 45 he can get one for like a thousand dollars over okay. msrp so he's gonna be paying 42 and 42. it's like 4k yeah no it's 44k yeah and he's getting the rust proof you know what i mean so 
Hmm. It's a that's a that's a different story, you know. I think I don't know. It's not a different story um, because that's what that's that's how much my uh, my JCW cost was forty three. You know. So here's why it's a different story. Focus Ford doesn't make a lot of money on that car, and they're not going to produce a lot of them. Nope. Uh oh. The who escape? I think so. Just during a very important part where he's going to be completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Because my attitude is, yeah, Mini's more profitable on uh, on the JCW, and until Gabe comes back, um, I still think the disparity in horsepower between my rated 228 and 350 for virtually yeah. the same price. Wouldn't you guys say if you're going after horsepower, totally you'd you'd wait and you'd get on a list to buy the Ford Focus RS, right? Yeah. Yeah. Over at JCW. Now, the the I'm sure the build quality is nowhere near. Or you go and you just get a Ford Focus ST instead, which still gives you right. 252 horsepower. What do people cross shop? I mean, DB, like, let's just say today you were going to go buy a new Mini and you had, you had the money to buy a new Mini. Let's mm-hmm. let's call it 32, 33 grand. What that's are you? What are you going to? Cooper S. Yeah, that's a pretty decently equipped. That's a Cooper pretty S. decent, more decent Cooper S. Okay. What, what are you going to? What else are you going to cross shop for that 32, 33 grand? Uh, Mazda three. Yeah, the Miata. No, Hyundai Genesis uh, Coupe before they go away. Um, yeah, Miata, definitely a Miata. There we go. Hey, I'm back. Yeah, definitely back. And then um, I think that probably if, if it were just me, that's what I'd be looking at. Yeah. I'm, I'd probably even go drive a Focus ST at that price, or maybe even a GTI. Would you be interested? Yeah, in? I was gonna say a Volkswagen or something. Yeah. So, Gabe, while you were gone, we were just talking about like, let's say today you walk in because. We're talking about the difficulty of getting your hands on a new mini JCW. It's almost as hard as getting a, a golf VW Golf R, which they don't have on lots anywhere. You pretty uh-huh. much have to order one, know somebody, be willing to pay for it. Uh-huh. And JCWs are becoming the same way. No, very few dealers have them in stock to buy one. Um, their allotments are very few a month. They're they're very difficult to get. So I'm just saying, let's say you have thirty two, thirty three grand today to go into a dealer, and you, you're thinking about a mini, a Cooper S. What else would you buy? What else are you going to cross shop? And DB just said Mazda three, uh, Hyundai Genesis Coupe before Gen- it goes away. Yeah, not a. That's a that's a ter- I have to say that's a that's a not a good car. <laughs> the new Miata Genesis Coupe is not a good car. No, the Genesis Coupe. The Miata is a great Miata is a great car. Yeah. Honest, I'd go drive the Genesis Coupe. I'm saying I'd buy one. But it's I'd, like it's like you drive it. You're like, wow, how like this feels like a like a big four door. Just like it doesn't feel special. The Miata, on the other hand, feels incredibly special. The and, new Miata is supposed to be amazing. And so. hey, what's gonna ha- what's gonna happen when the Fiat 124 Spider, the uh, what what do we call it, the um, Fiat, if you will, it's, <laughs> it's the Fiat Fiat based but on the Miata. Not, that's not great. Of it. I mean, it, it sounds like the 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 Miata is is decidedly a better vehicle than that. Even yeah, it it probably is. But as far as an attractive car goes, it's a it's definitely one of the most attractive Fiats they've ever made in the modern era, in my opinion. It's a good looking car. Yeah, but, but it's a niche vehicle because it's a convertible. Yada yada yada. Whatever. We, we digress. So that's yeah. the we look at. So anyway, so Gabe, n- let's bring this full circle. Let's segue then to talking about engine and powers. Um. BMW debuted uh, in like a forum kind of way, new engines and upgrades, and the potential of saying minis are going to get a little bit of a boost in another potentially couple of years, right? 
<clears throat> yeah, so this is kind of interesting. And I have one more topic after this, by the way, that we should talk about. Okay. Um, so they're, they're, they basically they basically showed off the next iteration of the current mini engine range. These aren't entirely new engines, but they are heavily revised. And interestingly, they spoke about outputs uh, from the diesel range, but they're not speaking about outputs on the on the petrol range. The only thing they said was that um, we should expect to see outputs increase increased outputs. Um, let's see, modest gains. <laughs> modest gains. I'm trying to find. I'm trying to find where where I wrote it. It's basically a, a you know fairly healthy percentage of of uh, of see. increase. I'm trying to I'm trying to find where I wrote it actually. So I think what's going to happen here. So the three cylinders going to stay in the Cooper. Um, so uh, you can you can hit record again. So what I think is going to happen is I think that you're going to see an increase in power. Uh, across the board, around seven to ten percent. Not not ten percent. Probably closer to seven to eight percent. So, but I think that the Cooper is going to be around two hundred horsepower. Wow. And, and this is this is what I think is really interesting. You know how we spoke about the Cooper last last show. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how how great would it be to have a a stripped out Cooper for like twenty four k that you know you gotta gotta. Well, what if the what if that Cooper had an increase in power, but more importantly, had an increase in torque? And what if that torque level was the same as the R53 Cooper S? Yeah, that would be pretty strong. I'm in. So if you look at if you look at what they're talking about from an increase in power, it's not that hard to imagine that that would be on the table. And so suddenly you have a Cooper with of uh, uh, you know that's that's probably lighter than the R53, mm-hmm. and yet has uh, roughly the same torque, a little less horsepower. A little less. I think but that's pretty. May, but maybe upwards of 165 horsepower with the, with the kind of torque there, it feels faster. And I, I will say that having even if it has, 100, if it has 150 some horsepower, but it's going to have more torque than the R53. It's going to have almost. It's going to have 175 foot pounds of torque. So I will say now that for the two years I drove the the manual Cooper, the three cylinder, it felt as peppy, if you will, kind of seat of the pants as my original 03 Cooper S did before it was modded. So, Gabe, you're absolutely right. It, it feels like that, but you're talking a, a disparity of 12, 13 years in technology and right. a completely different engine, a turbocharged via... Or actually, you know, it is turbocharged in the Cooper now via normally aspirated or even compared to the uh, supercharged S engine. I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's different. There's difference in so many ways. But as far as pep and fun goes, it's a it's a decently fun car, and if you boost the horsepower a little bit more, I think you're finally getting there to the point we said last week. The Cooper becomes now a really viable option for a lot of people because it's more it's becoming more fun to drive. It's pretty efficient. If you want to get good mileage, you slap it over into green mode, and you can get 40 miles to the gallon. But you have to drive like DB all the time. Hey now. <laughs> well, but also, but I would say that the manual, the manual with that engine, I mean, it's, it unlocks that engine. It, that yeah. three-cylinder is such a great engine. You I can rev the heck. It, yeah, you can rev the heck out of it. You didn't have the best that. experience. I loved it. Yeah. No, I didn't say I didn't have the best experience. I liked it, but I thought it was, uh, in a word, boring. 
I, I, I didn't think it was fun enough. And unless you put it into sport mode, if you drove it around in normal, and I'll say the same thing about my JCW. The car doesn't come alive until you throw it over into sport mode, which any of us are going to do that 100% of the time anyway. But mm-hmm. you put the JCW in green mode, and it just feels like nothing. It's like you might as well buy a Kia. <laughs> um, so, but that depends on where you were coming from. You're like, you may be a green guy, you know, uh, all about saving the environment and using as little fuel as possible and leaving your footprint as small as possible. Yeah, Mini's a good choice to put it in green mode. You're going to get some pretty good mileage out of these cars. I, Gabe, you missed it earlier in the show. I drove 4,600 miles on Mini Takes Estates and got 31 miles to the gallon over that entire 4,600 miles. That's my average wow. was 31 wow. in the JCW. I think that is and, incredible. And you didn't hold much back, did you? No, I was doing an average of probably nine. Most of the speed limits were 80. And so my uh, my cruise control was set at between 90 and 92 most of the time. So I was getting 30, 31 miles to the gallon at 90 miles an hour, people. Yeah, that's, that's unheard of. That's unheard of for a performance car, air quotes. So I so I, I will just to just to, to pivot this really quickly into what I have right now mm-hmm. in the driveway. Um, so right now I have uh, a new Mini, mm-hmm. which is which is pretty exciting. Uh, it's melting silver. So if you're keeping score, I have now in my possession two melting silver Minis. Yeah, hmm. which is somewhat awkward. Hmm. Um, but the, the the new one is the brand new F fifty seven convertible. Right. Is it? But it's not a JCW. It's is a, it? It's a it's a Cooper S, completely loaded. And you know, I have to say, is, I I love it. But it's, but it's still not as fun as the roads. When it comes, <laughs> <laughs> there's there's two things. There's two things. Uh, number one, uh, I can I can take my kids. In yeah, the car, right. which is fantastic, uh, you know. So huge plus. Downside, it it doesn't look near as good as the Roadster. Near as good. As much as I like the new car and the way it looks, like the the silhouette, it's just it's just not not nearly what the Roadster is. Which, in my mind, you know, leads me to to get back to the fact that Roadster is really really a special car. Yeah. And I don't know if we'll see it again for a very long time. So then the second thing is this. I mean, there's two more two more points actually. Um, number one, the you know, I've been driving that engine, that drivetrain in the Clubman. In the Clubman, it's a very relaxed, comfortable drivetrain. But in the smaller minis, it really feels good. It really comes alive. The the steering's quicker. The whole thing. It just it just feels fantastic. And I think mini really di- like nailed what the Clubman should feel like versus what the the smaller mini should feel like, with one exception. The, and I'll just say it, and it's been said a million times over. The way that the the JCW feels, Todd, and I'm saying this to you because you have it, right. is the way the Cooper S should feel. And I don't mean power. I don't. I don't mean that. I think the Cooper S has enough power, but I think that the Cooper S should have the the throttle software, basically the the um, you know the 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 tip in like the the sensitivity that right. your throttle has on your JCW. No, it doesn't. That should be it's, standard. It's here's the problem, Gabe. Is uh, the new JCW does not have that. It is 
my, this is the lowest revving, like the most sluggish throttle that's, I've ever had. But that's that's not the throttle. That's not the software. That's the engine. And I'll get to that in a second. There's two there's two points I'm making here. Okay. Number one, it should have the software that JCW has, yeah. which allows the engine, which allows the throttle, quite literally, like the thing that I put my foot on, it it revs it 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 basically turns up the volume of the engine quicker. So that's the one problem. The second problem is that the entire engine range, JCW, Cooper S, everything, needs to have a lighter flywheel. Yeah. And I've, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I'll say it till they put it on. The mm-hmm. engine does not rev quick enough. And partly, partly uh, that is due to the fact that this is a two-liter engine. It used to be a 1.6. There's 0.4 more shit to lug around. Yeah. Like, that's just, that's just mass. And you have to, like, that's just... That's just a you know you know it's a it's a sort of a fact of of physics that it has to lug more stuff around, but it still doesn't change the fact that if it had a lighter flywheel, it would rev quicker, and that's exactly what we need in a mini. And so if you couple uh, a basically a, a throttle response that is not as quick as it should be with an engine that feels a little lethargic because it has a heavy flywheel, you get the feel that I think a lot of people have referenced right. in comments on motoring file doesn't quite feel as lively as the old cars. Well, the reality is it's faster. The reality is the steering is better, right. but it doesn't feel as lively. And I think that's down to the throttle software and the flywheel. Hmm. Might okay. be. I haven't, I haven't nailed down what it is because it's, it's definitely more comfortable. It's not as sprightly, if you will, and feeling. But I want you to think about how the engine revs, Todd. And I and I've 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 thought about this for a long time. And I've talked to actually, and I've finally talked to the engineers, and they kind of unlocked some of it for me. Think about how it winds up and how it feels like it's this sort of a pendulum swinging versus the older car, which was quicker to rev. Right. That's 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 the flywheel. I mean, my my one M that I have famously has one of the lightest flywheels BMW's ever put it in a, a a car, because they wanted to to sort of counteract that engine and the fact that it wasn't an M engine, and it, the the difference in the way it revs is dramatic. Yeah, it's it, it does feel like my power the car's power curve. Now I know the torque is there pretty quickly, but the power curve doesn't start until you're well into a gear. Like you're half a block into a gear before it's like, okay, now it's finally kicked in. And a lot of people refer to that as they think it's turbo lag. No, it's not turbo lag. And I think you're right. The flywheel, it's just taken a while for the, everything to spool up to the point, And it feels like that. There is a little bit of a lag. But then once you get there, oh, my gosh, it's like, wow, this thing oh, needs yeah. to take off. So, Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, it's like this isn't a – it's not a slow car. No. I mean, the, the new club and people complain about it, it's – faster than the old one yeah it's 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 fast but it doesn't feel fast yeah right now it's really funny you say that gabe because uh, uh charlie and sean when they were had that car in the last episode of the motor trend podcast they were saying that exact same thing it's just like they were playing a game it's like oh how fast are we driving in the club and now and they would look down all of a sudden they're doing like 110 and it doesn't feel like it, it at all. And it doesn't feel like you're doing 110. We did that on a couple of back roads in uh, in the middle of Wyoming. We were on some two-lane mm-hmm. highways, and you'd get behind a truck, and you could see for miles. It is so flat out there. It was it was very safe to pass, but it's like I'm not sitting behind this truck, one, because I don't want my windshield to get cracked, and two, because he's only doing 65 miles an hour. You'd pass. I'd downshift to fourth gear, and by the time I passed the guy, I was like, 
a half a mile in front of him, you know, by the time I'm ready to pull over and I'm doing 115, you know what? <laughs> and, and without even knowing it. And it's right. so smooth, but that is the, the nature of this new car is, oh my gosh, you're at 115 miles an hour, but it feels like you're doing 65. So, yeah. right. Right. Roll the windows. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rolled on the windows. Yeah. Well, <laughs> anyway, um, that's about, is there, was there anything else there? Or you guys think you about covered it? I think we probably. I think we covered it. Yeah. I think we, yeah. we we killed it. I will say that the I, I, the convertible is fantastic. I love it. It's got the least call shake I've I've experienced in a in a mini. Um, you know, it's it's fantastic. One other side note. Um, speaking of the Roadster, Todd, you'll appreciate this. Yeah. When when the Roadster was tested, and the the coupe was tested. In fact, I think it was the coupe. But they're pretty much the same vehicle. Right. Um, when the uh, National Highway Institute did the side impact tests for that car, after they can, when they conducted them after after the impact, they looked at the damage and just laughed. Yeah. Because that car sustained the damage better than almost any vehicle they'd ever tested. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Because it is, it's it's such a because of the the cross member in the back, it's such a little tiny like cage. It's just so rigid. That is, it's incredibly rigid. And so that, that story has never been told before, but it was recently told to me, and I thought you'd appreciate it. Uh, and and if you drive the Roadster <clears throat> compared to the R57, same generation, the difference in rigidity is is night and day. And you know, I think it I think it comes down to that massive cross member behind behind the wheels or behind them, sorry, the behind the seats and just sort of the low slung nature of it. And I will say it translates and, into a, an extremely fun drive. The driving the roadster with the top down is one of the most fun cars I've ever driven. It's just a joy to drive on a daily basis. I love it. Yep. Well, do you remember do you remember when I, I talked about that for for I mean you guys drove mild roadster Cross country, I think without pants, if I remember right. Yeah. yeah. And then I drove it for a year, and I, I I couldn't stop talking about it because it was that good. Yeah. yeah. The car was awesome. It it really is that good, and it's it's one of our favorite minis that we've ever owned. And uh, yeah, my lady friend every day is like, I don't regret for a second getting rid of the the 2014 Cooper and getting this. It is so much fun. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Agreed. Um, you know what else could be a fun car? What's that? The uh, R56 Mini Challenge race car, and it could if, be yours if, for oh. the, if the price <laughs> is right. If you're uh, if you want to drive out to Arizona, put this dude on a trailer and take it home and use it as a race car. It could be your sixty five thousand dollars. Click over to motoringfile.com for all the information. Because you Should would have you would have to. Put what, it on so a tra- what do you guys think of that? Like you, it's 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 a brand new. It's legit. Um, R56. I know. Char- yeah. To the local guy out here. I've known Charlie for years. He uh, he bought one of the original GPS with me in Monterey. And uh, he bought this car, and it's funny because it is illegal to drive this car on the streets in the U.S. It is a race car. You have to trailer it from place to place. It is yep. not street legal. Even though it looks like a Mini, it is absolutely not street legal. Absolutely not street legal, even a little but, bit. But, 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 Todd, but is it street legal? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think this car has a VIN. Uh, no, but, I don't think so. But, you but, can't be licensed. But, DB, does it have a VIN? 
Yeah, see, that's, I don't know, it's, it's a gray area. Again. How do you gray. license, you don't license this car, you don't insure this car. It's, well, it's you, race- you would insure it however you would insure a race car normally, but right. yeah, you can't license it right. for the road. Nope, you can't license this car, no. Yeah, and you can't. Or, or uh, yeah. is it your other 2008 <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure this car doesn't even have a passenger seat in it. I think it only has a. I'm looking at the pictures. There's no passenger seat. It's got. But neither does that GT3 Porsche I saw drive down the street the other day. <laughs> Porsche also has scaffolding in the back, just like this Mini does. Yeah. Yes, that's right. That's right. It does. So anyway, it's in Arizona. It's got there. like no miles on it, ready to hit the track. Go get it. Somebody do it. You'll never you'll never have another opportunity to buy a car like this. You will never have another opportunity to buy this car ever again. Just go make Charlie an offer. Just make him an offer. Just make him an offer. He'll take I, it. I think I think make an offer. I don't know if he'll take any offer, but Charlie's a good guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And anyway. it's a great car. Yeah. Really quick, let's tell you guys about one of the other fine sponsors here underneath the white roof, our friends over at Craven Speed. I remember I told you last week about the new website. You guys went over and checked it out, right? Yes. Perfect. I want you to do that because it's really nice. It makes and they actually said, "Oh, look, you're here to get the dipstick or the platypus license plate mount, or stubby antenna, or the flex pod. Oh, handy dandy links right at the top of the page. Super awesome. The things that you're gonna want. Go get them. Cravenspeed.com. You can also clues, click in and go browse by make, and you can find all the other things that." Um, Craven Speed makes for your car or another car that you might have in the driveway, um, including if you're looking at your mini stuff, the short shifter. Awesome. Oh, my God. That is like the best thing ever. The short shift kit for the R56. Oh, my God. That's so nice. Uh, the gear shift lever, the gear shift knob. Super awesome. Uh, intake for an F56. You know, all kinds of fun stuff. What else? Gauge sensor adapters. Um, the hidden power adapter if you're moving here, if you're using the FlexPod adapter, which comes with it anyway. Uh, and if you have an R53, you're going to get the Craven Speed Pulley anyway. Just go take care of that now. When you place an order, I want you to make sure that you leave a comment there that says, you know, thanks for supporting White Roof Radio. We really appreciate that. So do they. They, of course, being our friends over at Craven Speed, CravenSpeed.com, home of, you know, all the really cool Mini Cooper things. Oops. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, yep. Portland, yeah, out of Portland, Oregon, established 2003. They've been around for almost longer. They've been around longer than we have. Wow. What do you know about that? Well, I, all I know, I just do math. You know, Motoring File's been around longer than us, too. Yeah, but not very much longer. Yeah. It, back in the day, it was uh, Bridger.us. 2003, yeah. January 1st, I think. Yeah. I think my blog. I think my blog's older than Motoring File. Uh, Motorfella Bridger.us slash Mini started in 2002. Yeah, DB Mini started in 2002 as well, but it was a blogspot blog. So I don't know. We'll have to, I'll have to go back and check <laughs> the first post. Uh, well, we'll, have to, oh boy. We'll, have we'll have that contest. There was there. no post back when, when Bridger.us slash Mini started. It was yeah. it's just a it's just a, a repository. A thing. Yeah. <laughs> just it was just a thing. Good grief! We've been doing this for a very long time. Um, hey, Gabe, we we found this story yesterday on Jalopnik, and we wanted to kind of question you about it. But I don't know if you saw this. Uh, they posted yesterday about BMW engines being gigantic pieces of shit. I'm sure you read this. Did you read that? That that seems like a. Uh, I I don't necessarily check the internet anymore, <laughs> but. Uh, since Jalopnik's company went bankrupt and all their good writers left yeah. last uh, last month. So you say uh, going there. <laughs> yeah, they need everything they can to get people to click, right? 
Yeah. Although well, it yeah, didn't. No, so, it, I mean, I, I, I know everything about those engines, and I, I can tell you which ones are Prowler shit. But it seems like a pretty good statement. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. They went they went in very very good detail, and it didn't necessarily veer far from what you said earlier on the show. When you're like, if you're going to buy a used BMW, know the car and know how much money it's going to cost you because this is going to go wrong, this is going to go wrong, and this is going to go wrong. Yeah, you just need to be smart. Some of them are great, some of them are not. Exactly. Sometimes you want the ones that are not because they're actually really perfect. <laughs> uh, you know, so I think it's, I mean, it's, it's just, you just, uh, that's, that's the advice I have is just know what you're getting. And, you know, I've, my, I mean, I've had cars that have, I've had BMWs that have been perfect. I've got one that's, 20 20 years old sitting sitting outside that i mean the most i've ever done is break yeah yeah it's so, it, it is possible yeah. it is possible so and it's possible with a mini also i think as as much as we've heard about reliability issues with mini is and and db you put a lot of money into your your 03 but i would say uh, all in all with 300 some thousand miles you had on that car when you get rid of it yeah it was a pretty damn reliable car uh, very reliable. What did it, it didn't cost me that much. Started started every day. Got you to work every day. And in fact, it, I drove it to the dealer when I traded it in. The only reason I got rid of it is because that stupid um, air conditioning fan, the internal fan inside the dash. Yeah, and you were not going to live in Phoenix, Arizona, in the summer without air See, conditioning. Yeah, and that was going to be a stupid repair. It was going to cost like fifteen hundred dollars or something to replace a forty dollar uh, fan. So I said, Nah, get rid of it. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, so yeah, the, any car, and I think this is, this is tough because you can find, uh, especially for a company that is the volume that BMW does, or even Mini, which is relatively small volume, comparatively speaking, you can find people with lemons. And um, I, we, we didn't get a chance to touch on it this week. I think we need to cover it next week about the recall for the water pump and the number of things. Not even, no, it's not a recall. I take that back. It's a class action lawsuit, a class action settlement on water pumps on the R56 generation, and that covers everything from hardtops to convertibles to roadsters to coupes and clubbing. Right. But there was a proposed settlement for water pumps that, if it's approved, uh, is going to take your warranty on the water pump out to seven years and 84,000 miles. So we will cover that it more in depth next week. Bring Chad in because, Chad, you've seen these. In fact, your lady friend uh, has actually replaced the water pump. Am I correct? Yes, she has. So, hey, I smell $500 coming. <laughs> Every little bit helps. Five bones coming your way. There you go. <laughs> so, anyway. For it. Yeah, anyway, I, I think cool. with that, we are done. Yes. I'm actually checking something really quick. Hang on a second. Because... Do we need a timpani? No. Okay. <laughs> I'm checking when my first... We my, always need a timpani. I know. First post go up on DB Mini. Ah, very first post, 9-14-2002. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. Um, but that Oh, man, that's really close. That's really close, <laughs> DB. <laughs> but that, yeah, so DB Mini went live on September 14th, 2002. I have to look back. I and I'm pretty sure I, Bridger Nut US slash Mini started. Uh, it started in the late summer. I, I mean, it started around then, right around then. There, you and I think you and I started at roughly the same time, and nobody else had Mini blogs at the time. We were the only ones. And then Ian, I think you're probably right. And Ian did his, and then somebody else did one. I forgot who it was. I started in March of 2003, and that's how we got hooked up. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Very interesting stuff. That's what wow, but DB and I were under like our fifth mini by then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I had just ordered my first. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I was already yeah, on, I was on second. Gay was on a second. 
by then. Oh yeah, Oof, at least. I still have um, the original car magazine where they had they test drove the Cooper in two thousand one, March two thousand one. Nice. That solidified my lust for that thing. I'm not going to tell I, you what. No, I will tell you what I shared. Like where I first saw it. Good morning, America. You know, I, I it's funny because as a as a little bit more of an outsider for all this, I remember uh, a picture of Gabe next to his car, like when he first bought it. I remember, you know, Ian's blogs in the very first days. I mean, I remember all of those stuff, you know, hardcore because I, I just ordered mine, you know, shortly after. I know Gabe's Indy Blue Cooper. I remember that car. I yeah, man, I love that car. <clears throat> so, by the way, speaking of one you want to uh, extend a warranty with, yes, that would be the one. <laughs> Gabe, I think you were the only person I actually ever purchased that Remus exhaust too. Yeah, I love that Remus exhaust. I I love that thing. And the yeah. and the BMP Pro intake, I had that same intake. Uh, yeah, I think we all did that at one point. <laughs> I think I sold it for fifteen dollars, but hey. Yeah, I sold that, my I, Super Sprint exhaust was on my on my R fifty three. I sold for good money, and I I know the guy. It still sounds amazing. Wow. Nah. I, I think still, I still have one up in the shop somewhere. I still like that Borla I had on Roxy. Oh, that was a good sounding yeah, car. DB, that was a really good sounding car. I know. That's a sad. Okay, let's stop it and let's just be done now because before I start the <laughs> I remember when. Ah, the good old days. <laughs> good old days. Anyway, I want to remind you guys one more time quickly uh, motoringstripes.com. If you missed out on getting any of the mini takes the state swag, uh, the door magnets or the, the little magnets or the badges or the decals or any of that, Todd Scott still has some stock left. And first time ever. Motorstripes.com, 20% discount. Everything mini take states related from 2016. So go over there and get it. Motoring While it lasts. While it lasts. Get it while you can uh, until it's all gone. So if you didn't get your mini take state stuff from Todd on the road or from AJ, go over to Motorstripes.com. Get it taken care of. If you don't want any mini takes state stuff, that's okay. You can get the Countryman Boot Protector Strip. That's pretty cool. You can get some stripes for your Mini. Install them yourself. Get Todd Pearson stripes on your Mini Cooper. Super rad. And you know what's what's coming soon? Gabe's mm. going to appreciate this. I've got a bumper protection strip for the new Clubman. Oh. It has a giant picnic table of a rear bumper going in and out of the car, and it desperately needs it. And oh, nice. I, I just developed it last week. It should be going up on the website very soon. Very nice. Very nice. And then uh, the other thing. And this is kind of like the the secret hidden menu of motoringstripes.com is if you want the Sunroof Delete Kit, you go over there, you hit the contact page, hit the contact form, and say, hey, what your radio Sunroof Delete Kit as a subject, shoot Todd a message. He will then get you a quote. Those are those are actually coming soon. There's a whole new, the, the whole site's been redesigned so far. I have a web person now. Oh, you do? Well, it's my lady friend who's not working, so. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> She's completely organized the site. Just, just wait. It's going to be huge. It's going to be oh, huge, huge. And she's also your uh, your staff photographer at during me and takes the states as well. Yeah. Uh, yes. Kind of. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. Anyway, I want you guys to go over to motoringstripes.com. Go check it out because you know blank is born. Yes. And of course, if you're within a two or three or four hour drive of Detroit Tune, uh, Chad's your shop anyway for all the things for repairs, for parts, for anything. To stop by and say hi. You're going yeah. to tuned, duh, please, rather, not duh, please. Or you pull up DetroitTuned.com and you order yourself something nice because, you know, that would be super awesome. And we, Chad would appreciate that. Right, Chad? 
Oh, yeah. Lately, uh, we've been adding a lot of uh, very fun things to our Facebook page as far as failures that you never really thought you'd ever know about. So, uh, yeah, I've been seeing those, so make sure you follow DT on the Facebook, too. I'll make sure to link it up in the show notes. Yes, sir. Yep. Awesome. Uh, otherwise, I think we're done? Yes. Perfect. Yeah. This is the part of the show, then, where I do like to make that funny clicking sound, and then I say... Questions, comments, or concerns, go ahead and click back over to whiteroofradio.com. There you can leave us a note in the show notes. You can also email us feedback at whiteroofradio.com. Until next week, King, this is DB. I'm done. Cheers. Cheers. And I think Chad Bill said, <laughs> um, No, I'm here. I, I, I didn't hear anybody else in my earphones. <laughs> it's your turn, Chad. Chad. Yeah. Your turn. <laughs> <laughs>